Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. April's here, and it's actually snowing out here. Not a lot, but it does that in the spring. Flowers are blooming. Grass is very green all of a sudden. Trees are starting to pop out pretty well. I love spring. I want to introduce you to somebody that, if you're a regular listener, you already know him. His name is Pop from Kate's General Store. And he's here today, actually back in 1979, to kind of tell you all about himself and his plans for the future. I'm excited to hear what Pop has to say. I've always kind of related with him. He's one of my favorite characters on that segment we do. So without any further ado, let's take you over to Kate's General Store and let Pop share what he has on his heart. My name is Joseph Workman. Most of you know me by the name Pop. And if you call me Pop, I'll come running like a puppy dog, probably. My wife's name was Elizabeth Jane. And we were married in 1940. Six years later, we had our daughter Katie. We were so happy. But the next year, Elizabeth Jane fell ill and she died. I did my best raising Katie. Elizabeth Jane was trying to teach old Katie to call me Papa. Katie was just a year old when Elizabeth Jane passed on. But after my wife died, that just kind of turned into Pop. Katie couldn't go Papa, Papa. But she said, Pop, I'm hungry, Pop. Pop, I don't want to go to bed. Pop. When's Mama coming home? And Katie grew and stopped being a little baby, little toddler. Then she went to school and she met this boy, Homer, who just lived down the street anyway. They became best friends. You know, in that little town I was from back there in North Carolina, Surrey County, everybody called me Joseph. Everybody but Katie, that is. Katie always called me Pop. Well, when Homer was eight, his daddy and him were in a car accident, and his daddy died. So I kind of became the father figure for Homer. I was the main man in his life, probably just because Katie and him were such good friends. That's okay, a boy needs a man to help him learn how to throw a ball, how to work with his hands, how to treat a female like a lady. And all that stuff. As Katie and Homer grew up and went through school, they were inseparable. And sometime in the early to mid-60s, those two got married. Shortly after Katie and Homer married, Homer's mama, who had been battling a disease for years, always kept a good face on for the boy. Always showed him her strength. But she passed away. And I thought, these two have each other. And I heard about a general store out west that was for sale. And I came to the conclusion maybe I should move on. And I bought that store sight unseen. 
except for some pictures that real estate feller sent me. And I told Katie and Homer that I was going to move out there. By that time, they'd had Kitty, and I was a grandpa. And Kitty is just a little thing. Well, Katie said, Pop, if you're going out west, we're coming with you. Of course, Homer, he said something wild and crazy, and I have no idea what it was, but it made me laugh. Made me mad at him all at the same time. Katie says, Pop, we're not kidding. And so we packed up the pickup truck, put a U-Haul trailer on the back of it, and we moved from our life there, the hills of North Carolina, and we went out west. Well, when we got to the store, the place had been empty for quite some time. And as we were cleaning it up, I made a deal with those kids that if they wanted to stay and make a go of it, I would deed it over to them. They'd be the rightful, proud owners of the general store. And all they'd have to do is make sure that I could live there the rest of my days. Well, they agreed without any hesitation, like they were planning on me doing that or something. If I'd known that, I'd make it a little harder on them. <laughs> but she's my little girl, and I've always loved her. Well, that little town, that general store sits in, it's called Some City, and it's a long cry from any city. 300 people, hardly anything there but a cafe, a motel, the general store. I've got a few friends around town. Everyone calls me Pop. No one even knows my name is Joseph, except for Katie. I'm not even sure Homer knows my name. He's always called me Pop. My buddies there are Jim and Sam. They're brothers. I think they're from Texas originally. Came up north. And Bud, those are my three buddies. We drink coffee every day there at Apple's Cafe. It's a good place to just kind of hang out. I like to go fishing with those guys. Sometimes we even go down there to Wheat Town and go bowling. Well, 300 people... Not a lot happening around. But I made another friend. Her name is Anna. And we've known each other for quite a while now. Over ten years. She's a nice lady. And we've become very close. Very, very close. Katie likes her. And she eats some meals with us. And I go over there. She'll invite me for dinner. And I do some handyman work around there for her. She owns the motel and cabins in town. The place is called Riding the Trails. Homer calls her Mrs. Dumas. She's a widow, and her deceased husband was Dumas. That Homer refuses to call her Anna. Maybe it's out of respect. I don't know. Well, he may have to start trying to call her Mom or something, or Mrs. Workman, something like that, because I'm planning to ask Anna for her hand in marriage. We're both getting a little long in the tooth, and I think it's a gift from God that we found each other, and I'm planning on sharing the rest of my days with her. Maybe I'll move down to the motel. Life has been very good to me, even through the challenge of raising a little girl and watching her blossom into womanhood. It was not easy losing my wife, but who said life is easy? I'll tell you one thing, life is good. That's about all I have today.
When I'm done down there at the cafe, I've got to go back and relieve Homer at the store. He's been whining around that he wanted to go play some golf with Jerry. I said, it's only April, Homer. Probably going to be mud out there. Homer just said, yes, ma'am, sir. I like the mud and gave me a big old smile the way that only Homer can do. Thank you for listening to my story. I haven't told anybody for a very, very long time, except for Anna, that is, that my name is Joseph. When I was in grade school, there's a new fad going around with a pair of boots. They're called sluggers. What you did is you put them on and they laced them up. They went about six inches up on your ankle, maybe a little further. Held your ankle in there tight and they looked like a work boot or something. Walk around and kick anything you wanted. Sluggers were very popular for about a year there. I was probably in about third grade, something like that, and had to have sluggers. My mom took me down to the trading post. Jay or Francis or Charlie, one of them, fitted me up with my brand new pair of sluggers. I wore those for a long time, but I was always kind of a tennis shoe guy. And once the fad started to wane, I went back to my Converse All-Stars. Living up in the Colorado Rocky Mountains, a pair of boots is a good thing to have. I don't care what time of year it is, if it's summer and you need some hiking boots, or it's fall and you're doing all those chores outside trying to get ready for the winter, or if it's winter and you need those pack boots, or if it's spring and you're walking through the mud, definitely need a pair of boots. And if you got some nice boots on, like fancy cowboy boots, you want some over boots over the top of those boots. In the winter times when I was a kid, we had these boots, they were black, and they had like a nylon upper up around your ankle and your part of your calf, and they zipped up. What your mom would do is you'd put on some heavy socks, then she'd put a bread bag over that. You'd slip your foot right into where the bread used to be, right in that bag. She kind of tied it up there so it wouldn't slip down, maybe with a rubber band. Then you put your foot in those black rubber boots with a nylon top and you zipped them up and there was a pull strap. You kind of strapped them tight there and your feet would not get cold then. You'd just go outside, you have your mittens on, stocking cap on, heavy coat on, and you're ready to tackle the great outdoors. Maybe wearing some long underwear, who knows. As I got older, I graduated from those nylon top black rubber boots to a pair of pack boots, what those are. They're a rubber bottom with a removable felt liner. You take those liners out and let them dry by the fireplace at night. And the uppers of those boots were leather. You lace them up, but usually people kept them kind of unlaced but tied so you could slip them in and out. Unless you're going to be doing something heavy duty, then you hitch them up with laces and tie down tight. Those are warmest boots I know of, or pack boots. There's also a boot called a moon boot. The moon boot kind of looked like you're gonna walk on the moon, hop from crater to crater, salute the American flag while you're up there. They were a kind of a neoprene boot or something like that with a foam rubber lining. You could take that rubber lining out and dry it also 
it all worked on the principle of air being the insulator. There's a lot of air space, like air between the bottom of the sole and where you had your foot inside the boot. And those were warm boots. Children today probably still wear moon boots up there in the winter time. I know it was quite popular when my kids were living up there. Even my wife had a pair of moon boots. When I went to work for the town, I went down and Jay put me into a pair of felt boots. They were a lace-up boot that was made of felt with a hard leather sole to it and a leather heel so they wouldn't break down. Then you put your felt boot into a big, about six, seven buckle tall rubber overboot. And those were as warm as could be. Then when you went inside, you could just take off the overboot and walk around the house in that felt boot. So if you went in somewhere where you're going to stay for a while, you want to take your rubber boots off. Those were great. They were nothing like an overboot that kids would put themselves in. And then you take them off. They had about three or four buckles, those little black overboots. I even wore overboots once I started wearing real nice cowboy boots. You have an expensive pair of lizard skin cowboy boots on. You do not want to mess those up in the elements. So you wear a rubber cowboy overboot. Those are really nice. Fly fishermen wear hip waders or chest waders, which are big rubber boots that are very, very tall. One time I was fitting a guy on for some hip waders and went to the back room and pulled out this wooden folding chair. It's what anybody that went back there to fit on a pair of those boots would sit in, try them on. And the guy was a big, big man. He looked at that chair and he looked at me and he says, you know, I weigh over 300 pounds. Will that chair hold me? No problem. No problem at all. I never had a problem. I mean, you know, I wasn't lying to him or anything. So he sat down and started to put those boots on and that chair exploded into about 60 different directions and he fell on his butt hard. Freaked me out. Freaked me out. I thought he got hurt. Really did. He was a nice guy. Here he is sprawled all over the floor. Bits of wood still raining down on us. He looked at me and I looked down at him and offered my hand to help him up after I asked him if he was okay. He just smiled and he said, I told you, over 300 pounds is a lot of weight. We laughed and he bought the hip waders. And I had to find another chair for the back room. Ski boots up there, or there's two different types of ski boots. At least there used to be. Maybe there's more now. I wouldn't doubt it. But there's the downhill ski boots, which is a big, heavy duty to give your foot support and not let it move in anything. Ski boot. They used to be buckle up there again. And then the cross country boots is more kind of like a heavy duty running shoe almost. But they're insulated and they're designed to be out in the snow. I used to wear a lot of cowboy boots. The main difference in cowboy boots besides the quality of the leather if they're goat skin or bull hide or cow hide or ostrich or snake skin or lizard or whatever, is if the last was hand lasted or machine lasted. The last is where the sole and the upper part of the boot all come together. And a hand lasted boot was more expensive and better made. My wife liked boots. She 
wanted a pair of dingo boots. Do you remember those? Kind of a tall boot, kind of hugged their calf there. You almost had to zip them up on the side or something. Leather boot for Christmas when we were first married. She wanted a pair of dingo boots. Well, Mr. Practical here, I knew she needed a pair of moon boots to keep her feet warm. Those dingo boots were just fashionable. I mean, they looked nice and all that stuff, but she needed moon boots. So Christmas Eve came and we were going somewhere for Christmas Eve, a family gathering or something, and she was just so excited. And she used to be this way where she wanted to open her presents early. She talked me into, let's each open one present. Okay, okay. I want to open them before we go out tonight. Okay. So I said, excuse me, and I went out to my truck to get the present for her. She was so excited. She just knew she was getting those dingo boots. Getting those dingo boots. Well, she opened them, and she burst into tears because I had gotten her some moon boots. And she was inconsolable, and her heart was broken. And I felt like a heel because Christmas isn't about being practical, apparently. I had to learn that the hard way by breaking my darling's heart. And so I held her for a minute, and she didn't give me the cold shoulder or anything. She just cried. So then I got up, and I said, excuse me. And I went out to the truck, and I fetched another present. I brought it in, and she looked at me and kind of sniffing, whimpering, still a little, trying to dry her tears with the back of her hand. And I apologized for giving her those boots when I knew we were going out that evening. And she opened them, and it was the dingle boots she wanted. And then she cried because she was such a baby, and she had ruined my Christmas. And I said, I love you. I have work boots today. When I work out on my property, I used to have pull-on boots that were old type of Wellington's real good work boots, but I've worn those out. I went to buy a new pair. They're over 150 bucks for me to go out in the diesel and the dirt and the mud and all that stuff and I what in the world so I got a, another pair that weren't so expensive and it took three years three years to break those in the way I broke them in well first I wore them one day and had blisters everywhere so my old boots I just kept gluing them and siliconing them and all this stuff trying to keep them going and I'd wear those other boots for an hour or two hour or two well, last year they finally broke in and I could throw my old boots away. I also have a pair of lace-up boots, but they get so hot here in the summer that I only use them for spring and fall. I still have a few pair of cowboy boots where I used to have many pairs, but I don't wear them so much anymore. I'm more into slip-on shoes that I don't have to do anything except stick my foot into them. I miss the days when I used to wear those cowboy boots all day, every day. Probably the most comfortable footwear I ever had was a good pair of boots. I don't know what it is what transformed me back to shoes. Maybe it's just my age. I don't know. I know that boots are close to my heart. Maybe I'll get my darling another pair of dingoes. You can find our podcast at your favorite podcast provider. You can visit our website, babyboomertales.com. There are links to many places, including our new Boomers General Store, where you can buy Baby Boomer merchandise. Thank you for riding along today. I'm glad we got to know old Joseph a little bit better. I bet he wears boots. Always be kind. 
I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.